Welcome to the Bed Hoppers podcast. My name is Mr. H. I'm Mrs. H. This is episode 153. So if you've stayed with us for that long, well done. You deserve a prize. Thanks. Well, you? <laughs> I mean, in, I've been here in spirit for 152 of them. <laughs> <laughs> for most of them, probably. So thank you very much for joining us today. We've got some interesting topics that we're going to get onto and some very, very special guests that we're going to get onto in, or get on top we're of gonna in a minute. We're going to get onto our Yeah, we're going to get onto our guests in, in, in just a moment. It's not kind of podcast. <laughs> it very much is. But first, we want to talk a little bit about the Hot Summer Nights event. Ah, uh, yes. In July. In July when? In July. It is the 15th of July. And how many tickets we sold? I'm going to say about 60%. About 60%. Yeah. So they are going fast. Single guys we've sold out of. Mm-hmm. It's not worth like, it sound like we're selling, selling them. Guys. Yeah, buy one single guy, get one free. Excellent. Probably an offer that will interest our guests. Maybe. Maybe. We can see. Uh, single ladies, I think we've about half sold out. Yeah. yeah. So, Do you yeah. know how many tickets we've sold? Uh, it's, I don't know, it's a lot of tickets. I mean, we, we've it's got, a number. <laughs> it's a huge number. We have already got over a hundred and something people coming along to the event, but we've got space for more. So if you're interested in coming along, look up the details in the show notes, which I will put there, not Mrs. H. Excellent. Didn't know I had them. Uh, exactly. And yeah, come along, buy a ticket, spend some time with us and our amazingly sexy chums. And, and just like you in Miami Vice. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> also the Going Dutch event, tickets left as well. Uh, 28th of July. So the 31st. Yeah, it's all happening in July. Pretty much. But same again, if you want to come along, we'd love you to come along with us. Yeah. Check out the what? Uh, the sites of Holland. <laughs> the show notes. <laughs> the show notes. Check out the fucking show notes, please. Yes, there's show notes. Apparently, I've never read them. So as you can hear, <laughs> Mrs. H has almost recovered from, from her illness. Thank you for everyone who uh. wished her well. It didn't make a damn bit of difference. She's still took an absolute age to recover. But she's nearly there. So she's only going to cough five or six times per minute throughout the course Just of the episode. Just to make your life difficult when you edit. Exactly mm-hmm. that. The good news is, is that she is running this episode in so a rare say. turn of events. She has thought of the topic... <laughs> Capable of independent thought. I have thought of the topic. Yeah. You've written some stuff down. And maybe I didn't necessarily write questions, but I wrote some stuff. My yeah. contribution so far has <laughs> been chucking a couple of questions towards you. Yeah. And the idea of bringing in our delightful special guests. And the promise of no doubt arguing with everything I say. I'm not going to argue with anybody. Okay. I, I just have. You have different views to me, maybe. Well, we'll see when we come down to it. Okay. So before we. we Bring on our special guests. What's the topic about today? So the topic today is a bit of a big one. It's a bit of a deep one as well. Oh. I know. And it's going to be framed all around guilt. Guilt. Mm, guilt. And when I say guilt, and you can associate that with shame perhaps, but guilt is probably the more strong emotion at play here. And I'm talking about the guilt that we maybe feel in different um, aspects of our ethical non-monogamous journey so far. 
So guilt around trying to find the time away from your vanilla lives to go and spend time with your uh, your lifestyle companions and how that kind of makes us feel with the various roles and responsibilities that we all have. Okay. So this Big, is gonna, right? Yeah. So it's a nice light <laughs> topic, very lighthearted, very simple, yep. very, yeah. We're going to have a bundle of laughs here, clearly. Well, I mean, clearly there's um, a reason why it's, it's on my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, for one. And, you know, secondly, I've I've spoken to this subject about a number of, you know, my friends, both in, you know, the non-monogamous world and actually in the, the sort of vanilla world, if you like, because it's something that plays in my mind from time to time. A number of us are parents, um, carers, uh, people with responsibilities for others. And, you know, the, the number of times I found myself trying to arrange time and carve time out of my normal muggle world <laughs> uh, to spend time with, with, you know, other people makes me feel a level of guilt that am I, am I maybe not spending enough time with, you know, my, my friends, my family, that kind of thing. And it occurred to me that other people may feel the same sense of guilt and they do. So on that note, uh, mm. we've skewed our family and everybody else yeah. to bring in our special <laughs> guests and spend some time with them. I can see them checking their phones. They're having a whale of the time on the video screen, in the background there. Please, Put your hands together, gentle listener. It would be great if you just start clapping randomly. No. I would love that. That would be fantastic. Uh, if you're on a train, if you're driving, probably not such a good idea. But Secret Stag, Secret Vixen, welcome back. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Hello, we're back again. Yay. We love it. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> we just can't afford no, the klaxon anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the klaxon has been banned. There's no more klaxon allowed. No. no. We just don't have the no. budget for it anymore. That's what it was. No. I mean, we've spent all our time and money seeing you. And therefore can no longer afford the klaxon. This is true. This is true. So I'm going to make every effort not to cough all the way through this. I can already feel cough, cough brewing. So. Oh, um, that sounds like a sexy voice. It does a little bit, doesn't it? It's me actually choking in the background. (laughs) Try not to cough. (laughs) Oh no. Don't choke. No, no, no. no, Okay. (laughs) Right. So the reason I've brought you lovely people on is because I have had quite a few conversations recently with both of you about this very topic. And you know, I was kind of, I was kind of like batting this idea around my head a little while. And, you know, I like to sit and chat to you two anyway about the various things that, you know, bother me or upset me or make me happy. And, you know, it occurs to me that we all have something in common here in that we're all trying to find time to spend time with one another. But at the same time, we have, you know, dual lives, really. We, we both have commitments, we both have families, we both have jobs, responsibilities, that kind of thing. And, you know, hopefully this has got some you know, some level of exposure to a subject which I think other people might benefit from hearing our experiences, certainly. So I'm going to dive straight in with some questions, if that's okay. Oh, exciting. Yeah, Go for it. We're ready to roll. But before you do that, oh, before you do that, yeah. so you're having conversations with them both, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and rather, <laughs> in my head, you went, fuck this, we can't have this conversation now. We've got to stop this immediately. This will be gold for the podcast. Oh my goodness. This level of inner pain is going to be fantastic. People yeah. love it. Yeah. All the suffering all over the show. Well, you know, we do have some very deep conversations together. We do. We also have some very nonsense conversations as we well. Are, yeah, just we put do. that out there. And Absolutely. sometimes we just go deep. And oh, there it is. Sake. There it is. He has to bring it back to him, doesn't he? <laughs> we just go deep. <laughs> what was that about me? You tell me. Uh, exactly. All right. What's you? your question? Go All on. All right. Okay. So top of my list of, you know, things that worry me and keep me awake at night sometimes. Um, do you think maybe that 
our ethical non-monogamous journey, and I hate the word journey, but it applies here because, you know, your dynamic is very different to our dynamic, but nonetheless it exists in a non-monogamous world. Do you think these ethical non-monogamous hobbies that we both share make you a bad parent or a bad carer? Um, you want to take this one? I will, I will dive in. Well, I guess... I don't think I don't think it makes us a bad parent. Certainly not, because I think all of the benefits that we have, like our sort of our feeling of closeness to one another, our intimacy with one another, I think that's all wonderful actually for us as parents because that reflect it. It means that we're a lot sort of happier, and I think we're more positive with our children. And I think there's it just feels like there's a real sense of positivity in our household because we're all having fun, we're all having a laugh. The sorts of pressures of other things. I don't think sort of feel as as heavy on us. I think where the guilt does come in and where I start to think, oh, maybe I'm not the best parent is that there are times where I feel that I want to make time to sort of be with like you guys and the lovely friends and people that we've made. And there are some times where our children might get invited to birthday parties and straight away I'm like, oh, great. That's another weekend now that I can't go and see my friends because I've got to be a parent. <laughs> so in terms of, it makes me feel like, quite a selfish parent I would say because of the fact that I do almost begrudge my children for having a social life because I want to have my social life Mm. um, if that makes sense it makes perfect sense Um, yeah but I don't think it makes me feel like a bad parent it just makes me feel at times a a bit of a selfish individual Mm. sort of as a counterpoint to that obviously you mentioned Mrs H our dynamic is somewhat different to yours Mm -hmm. and um, (laughs) the key point of that is that obviously we are we obviously had some wonderful swinging adventures, but we're usually ethically non-monogamous, mostly on your side, Secret Vixen, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where this comes into play with the children is that, yes, we have lots of intimacy together, and I think that's a beneficial thing. But when Secret Vixen is out on one of our adventures, this, for me, is probably my most difficult parenting uh, dilemma, because usually, unless it's some, some sort of thing we've arranged in the afternoon, Secret Vixen will pop out in the evening time or in the early evening time when the children will still be awake. This for me causes a massive conflict of interests because, of course, I'm so excited. I'm so charged up and powered up, as you may may say, about what you're doing. And my brain is already trying to get into that stag role. But at the same time, I'm making the children dinner and I'm doing baths and I'm reading bedtime stories and I feel guilty that I am not fully focusing my attention on them because I completely honestly with you listeners, I'm feeling too distracted by what you're doing. And that's where I think my my biggest um, level of guilt comes in. Yeah, we've we've spoken really honestly about that in the past. I know um, you and I stag because mm. I know that that's your 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 un, you know overwhelming emotion that underpins everything that Vixen does makes you feel like you're less of a dad because you're having to be both mum and dad, aren't you, when mm. she goes on the adventures. But at the same time, you're the one almost pushing the agenda and asking her to go on the adventures because it's part of your dynamic. So it must be wildly conflicting for you because not only are you dealing with the parental responsibility of both of you, but you're also wanting it to happen, you know, so it's, it's really, really difficult. Absolutely. You know, I fully admit that, you know, I love Vixen going out and having her adventures. It is a wonderful, positive driving force for me, lifestyle wise. Um, And we've had these conversations together about how conflicted it is. And, you know, 
<laughs> the children tend to get a takeaway that night. You know, we tend to rush certain things. And this is the thing, I'm almost rushing away that time with them because I know when they're asleep, I can have that time for me, which is a very important time for me um, when you're out doing your thing, Vixen. But yeah, it's just that horrible conflict of interest because I just sit there and think, oh, I'm sorry, kids, I haven't made you dinner or oh, I'm sorry we didn't read the whole book or we only read this amount of pages at bedtime because I really need to focus on my phone now. I need to look at my blank screen of my phone for an hour. <laughs> that's what I do. But then sort of saying that, like, that's what you say you feel guilty about. I then obviously come back the next day or whenever, like, I then see the children normally the next morning. You beast. And um, <laughs> the first thing they want to tell me about is the fact that they've had a takeaway and that they mm. sort of got to stay up a little bit later and they got to maybe watch something, um, an extra programme or something. So for it's it sort of swings and roundabouts because it makes you feel guilty, but then that's what they're raving about. Um, so I hope in some ways you can actually sort of it eases your guilt when the fact that they are going oh yeah we got to have mcdonald's last night yay we don't normally have that on a week oh, a lot of chicken nugget happy meals have been <laughs> have been mcdonald's have benefited a great deal from our hot wipe and fixing business yeah i i take that on board i take that on board but you know it is always at the back of your mind so yeah thank you for the question mrs h what i will chime in with though is is the volume of times that that happens and you know knowing you both as well as we do we know this isn't every night um as much as you might want it to be every night it isn't it's 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 a rare treat and it's no different in my mind to one of you just going out with friends or just just seeing a different member of the family without the children so mm. for the kit from the kids perspective not that i can necessarily speak on their behalf but they won't see any difference. I mean, like like you were saying, they get some treats sometimes and it's a nice thing, but actually they they probably don't even think about it. Yeah. Because yeah. It, if it's one night in, say, I don't know, 20, 30, and practically every other night you, you, you treat them fairly. And I mean, you folks are both great parents. I, I, I really want to stress that. And we've seen you with your children and, and well, that's very kind. Thank you. But it is true. It's really visible. I don't think they would be upset at all with with one or two nights where one of you's not around or, or, or their babysat or whatever, because they have such a good life every other day, as, as far as I've observed. I mean, they do get cross at us occasionally when we're both gone, uh, particularly our eldest, oh, yeah. <laughs> because of if like oh well where did you stay and we say oh it was in a hotel she hates that yeah straight away she's like well, when do we get to stay in a hotel so that then now has started to create a whole different kind of guilt because it, like she almost feels like she feels like she's missing out on us having some sort of little holiday and I was like well, no we're just staying in a hotel oh my god uh, <laughs> the day when we have to talk to her is going to be a oh god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah so that's in that has now introduced a new um, layer of guilt the fact that she was like oh when do we get to go to a hotel mm. so we are now starting to have to arrange I asked, I will say I asked the same thing eldest child when do I get to go to a hotel well with me it's the novelty thing isn't it you know and, and kids have this this great way of kind of really getting through to you in the guilt guilt trip sometimes by you know picking the one thing that you know that they're going to pick up on, which is the novelty of mm. actually staying away from their house in a hotel 
they don't know, but it's some, it might be some grotty travel odds someone on the M1 and they're like, oh, actually this is horrible. <laughs> but the fact is, you know, they see it as you having an adventure of some sort because it's something that they're not involved in. But kids are great mm-hmm. at laying that one on you. You know, the, the, the reality is, you know, when you do spend all the time in the world with them, chances are they're probably up in the bedroom playing on some device anyway and you hardly see them. So it's, yeah. it's just the fact that, and this is the next question I had, and it's already kind of segued nicely into that. Is is it the nature of your need for the childcare that adds that extra level of shame or guilt, you know, to the, mm. the activity? If you are trying to arrange child childcare so you could both go to a wedding or, you know, mm. just out for drinks with vanilla friends, you probably wouldn't feel that level of shame or guilt because you're like, actually, this is a legit request. And if you really wanted to, you could follow us and you could see what we're doing and you'll see the pictures on Facebook, whatever it is. And you won't feel that level of guilt because you know it's just a normal, you know, thing, mm. it's something everyone does. Mm. The fact that you know that the hidden depths to that is that you're actually going on something that's clandestine and, mm-hmm. you know, somebody shouldn't know about it. Only you know that. And because of that, it's added that level of kind of guilt to your request and it's made it feel like you're asking for the moon on a stick. It's like, oh no, here we go again. Can I jump in on, course, on this? Because I, I remember when the kids were, our kids were very, very little. We went to Disney World and we didn't take them. We left them at home. And we, we having done all the measurements, we recognised that neither one of them was big enough to actually do very much other than just wander around and do an hour at it. So we thought, well... Well, they were still at that age. We'll go out, have a look, have some fun. But I think part of the the guilt that you and we did both feel very guilty about about doing that. But we also had a really fun time. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> but I wonder if it's it's sort of inversely linked. Like the more fun that you're having, the more guilty you feel. And I um, guess for some of these things, you know, when you're in the middle of a very sexy situation and every, your imagination's running wild and you're doing things that you've never dreamed of or your most wild fantasies, d- does that make you feel more guilty perhaps? I'm certainly going to say it does, definitely. Um, and actually I end up finding um, resentment, I think is too strong a word, but sometimes when we're like on our way back from having had like an amazing weekend, um, there's sometimes, I very much do find that I have sort of lifestyle mode and then sort of mum mode professional mode etc and I think sometimes on those evenings when we're driving back after having had this awesome weekend and then thinking right hang on I've now got to switch a gear and go from lifestyle mode to mummy mode then I sometimes feel myself going oh here's the come down now and it, that makes me feel really guilty because I, I feel awful that I I think oh great I've got to go back and be a mum now Um, And it's obviously not that at all. It's I love, I adore my children and I love obviously reuniting with them after a weekend away. But I do sort of feel there is a bit of a sour note to the weekend when you know you've got to sort of go back in sort of put party mode almost to one side. One of the things I think is a slightly different take is that I feel that guilt of returning. I do. But the guilt of going away and getting the childcare, like Mrs. H said, knowing it's that sort of clandestine meeting and having to lie about why where you're going somewhere that for me was always very difficult now whether it was with family or with friends friends was always very different if we were going out in the evening maybe a, we were going out having a date and then coming back we might have a friend come and look after the children for the evening and we've spun all kinds of stories to say what we're doing mm. 
And that's been difficult because I care about my friends in life and I care about my family and having to lie to them is difficult. That's been really difficult. Yeah. I mean, we are now quite fortunate in the fact that actually fairly recently we we did open up to Stag's mum. She had had some suspicions and she called us out on it and we were like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to be honest. And actually that has had an immense um, sort of impact on the guilt because obviously we don't tell her all the details of what's going to be happening over the weekend. But she does now know that the sort of more of the nature of the weekends. And so we're not having to lie anymore. We're not having to suddenly make up birthday parties or charity events and all manner of sorts of different things that we've said in the past. So that has definitely taken away a lot of the guilt because we can actually be honest with her to a certain extent. It really, really has. I think having that freedom and, and honesty with them just took things to a whole other level for us because I hated lying, as I said, to family and when it all came out into the open and we were able to be honest, I felt a weight was lifted because, as you said, you didn't have that guilt. My family was in super supportive and in mm-hmm. our corner. And yeah, they were almost excited to say, well, we're going on this adventure. It's going to be a social with lots of lovely new people there. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, we've even but not talked- everyone can be that way. Not no, everyone can be out of family. That so. is true. And we're, as I say, we're very fortunate in that, in the fact that there's even now a little bit of sort of tongue in cheek jealousy. Um, of <laughs> us going away Stag's mum has even said that she, she would love to be able to join oh us. my gosh she'd love it um, so yeah that has obviously that's made everything a lot easier in yeah. that respect yeah so I mean actually one of my my further questions was going to be around the the elaborate nature of the lies that we tell <laughs> to secure oh childcare. <laughs> you know clearly must must make the guilt even more unpalatable because you know, you're having to come up with this lie again. And, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're some kind of psychopath, no one really likes lying on a, a regular basis to loved ones. There's but... only so many young conservative parties that they can go to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, and, and lying is horrible. And then ultimately you'll trip you up as well one day because you know I can't lie for shit anyway. So yes, it will catch you out, won't it? So I think <laughs> I think it's it's amazing that you felt that you have a family that's supportive enough to allow you to at least at least lift the cover a little bit on what you do yeah. and without giving away the granular detail because you know that might actually not do so well you know family yeah. roast but <laughs> at least you can as you say relieve the pressure and the burden of having to live with the constant lying to people who are actually helping you out you know when you need that that child care you know and the same thing applies to me so you know in terms of the guilt I was talking about obviously my my children are now of an age where I don't need to get people to look after them if I want to leave my house you know we actually have to arrange well, they don't pet, live here for what pet care instead <laughs> <laughs> you know and that you know that's equally as irksome far more precious yeah, far, yeah. <laughs> um but you know I also have responsibility you know as a carer for my father for example mm. and that that leaves me feeling sometimes really it's it's not that I I don't do enough it's more that I sometimes feel guilty that I'm not spending every moment thinking about you know, oh, is he okay? And, you know, is everything, has anything happened? And, you know, in the early days of having to be a carer for him, I often used to worry that if I left my house for even an hour, the worst would happen. And, you know, why on earth have I left my house and gone off and having fun with people? But actually it wouldn't matter if I'd gone somewhere on a a vanilla adventure, as you say, it's just because of the nature of the fun that we're having. I think it adds a layer of complexity to the guilt that you feel for leaving someone that is, you know, needs your care. 
in your attention. Yeah. The irony is I think your your father would want you to to have fun and enjoy life. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily in this exact guise, but <laughs> Yeah, I know. But um I, I think he'd want you to kind of enjoy things and have friends and you know, plus the good thing about us going to different places and around the country and whatever is that we've got stuff that we can talk about because inevitably we'll see, you know, we'll drive past a cathedral that we can talk about or we'll, you know, it will be on, in Brighton and talking about the pier and stuff. So there mm. is, a, it brings something different. Whereas the, the, the mundane, just staying mm. at home, not doing anything means that when it comes to giving him stories and input from what's going on in the world, we've got nothing to tell him. We've got nothing to yeah. tell him. So, you know, if we see him a couple of times a week, there's very little that's changed and we end up giving him vague stories of what the dog did that day, which, you know, <laughs> there's only so much, so much of that, that, that you can talk about. I, I do just want to drop back. So if your, your mum would like tickets to the hot oh my summer God. night, right, <laughs> I'll do her a great deal. Oh, she'd <laughs> Friends that. and family discount. In fact, oh, nice. I, I remember when, when you'd had that conversation with your folks and we actually had a had a, a, a we had a little FaceTime call with you, <laughs> which was an absolute did, delight. Yeah. I, I it was, wasn't it? I don't think I've laughed as much in my entire life over that little little ten minute conversation. It was a pure, <laughs> we were very happy. It was a yeah. very uplifting moment. It, now I realise, of course, not everyone is in that position. So yeah, I yeah, I I too take that on board when when, when talking about these things. We we'll realised of how fortunate we are that we're in that position. So I've got a flip side question to this. So the flip side being. Are you a bad parent then if you don't feel guilt so much when you're leaving, you know, kids or, or trying to arrange childcare and you just think, oh, thank Christ, I've uh, palmed them off. Great. Uh, you know, does that mean mm. conversely that you're a bad parent because you don't go through this whole guilt trip and punish yourself for leaving them and having to lie to people? I mean, you could almost extend this to, to, to all things, couldn't you? You say, am I, am I bad for taking time for myself? And I think the answer should always but no, you should take time for yourself as long as you are providing the children with everything they need and the time, enough time for them to that they need. You are allowed time for yourself. Of course, the cloak and dagger nature of the lifestyle is what makes it difficult because one day they're going to find out that we were lying to them this whole time. And that's a difficult, you see is doing a face, <laughs> you know, and that's a, that's the reality, isn't it? And that is a difficult time because then we will feel bad about that. Mm. But are we guilty for not feeling bad right now? I don't think so, because if I know that when we are obviously um, leaving the children with family members or friends, I know that they end up having an incredible experience. And the amount of times we've gone to collect our children and they've both been like, oh, when we've sort of arrived, because if it means it signals for them also that it's been the end of their sort of amazing time. Growing up, I spent an awful lot of time with my grandparents because of the way the work that my parents did, some, a lot of my summer holidays. Was it work or were, were they actually in the last Well, time? who knows? <laughs> never know. That is the question. But as a result, I ended up having immensely close relationships with my grandparents that I am so incredibly grateful for. And I can already see that in our own children, the closeness that they do have with family members. So I don't feel guilt when it comes to that, because if I know that actually in the long run, my children will be grateful for those memories that they've had or these wonderful experiences that they've got to have with like grandparents, aunts, uncles, etc. I agree. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's really important that, you know, as as parents and as carers and whatever your role is, that you you take time for yourself. And I don't think you should feel any 
you know, any guilt for that. As long as, you know, as you said, that you're providing for your, for the, for your loved ones and, and they have enough a, appropriate time. Because I think if you give kids or people all of your attention, you've got nothing left for yourself. You've got nothing left to give. And if that can damage your own mental health, that can damage mm-hmm. your own relationships, you know, and having time and investment for yourself as an individual, but also yourselves as a couple is so important. And if you're happy, and if this happens just to be the thing that is one of the things that makes you happy, then actually that will influence how affectionate, how loving you are with each other, especially in front of the children, and will give them a good view of a healthy relationship, potentially. So from my perspective, it's really, really important that that we all take that time to to kind of make sure we're all okay and that we, we're having some fun ourselves, but also that we invest into all of our relationships. It's, it's mm. you know, if, if parents, and particularly in the parents' view, you know, if you're not taking time for those relationships, at one point those kids grow up and they, they leave the house. It may be a lot longer than you anticipate because it takes some of them fucking ages to leave. Trust me, I know. <laughs> but, but actually, if, if you've not worked on your relationship and yourself as an individual and they go, what do you have left? And picking up the pieces of that is incredibly difficult. And we've seen it happen mm-hmm. with so many people, not, not in the lifestyle, but friends of ours where the kids have gone and they turn to each other and they realise that they've not invested any time in each other. In fact, they fucking hate each other and mm. they don't want to spend any time with each other because the thing that was keeping them together was their 100% devotion to the children. So for me, I've always believed that you have to invest in relationships and make sure that you you take that time. Otherwise, it can really backfire later on in life. Mm, I agree. I mean, children are a part of you know a relationship. They're not they're not the only thing that exists in that world and self-care is incredibly important. And if you're not looking after yourself and how, how can you look after other people and how can you be all of those things that they expect you to be and more. So I think, you know, straight, you're right. Well, I, you know, I think <laughs> it's very easy to become burnt out and tired mm. looking after children and, oh God, and, yeah. beca- and, and for the humdrum to be, accepted and and it's really interesting that we were talking earlier a little bit about the the one once every 30 days or once every you know twice a, a month or whatever it might be that you have an adventure or you do something for yourself if you think about it when you have kids certainly initial part you spent the first you can't help it with the first couple of years absolutely dedicated to doing nothing but bringing them up mm. and and actually you need to claw some of that time back at one point because I think otherwise you're just going to burn out eventually. You lose your identity as yeah, well you do. completely. You know, mm. what, what's left of you and your, your relationship if you don't recall why you fell in love and why you have had kids together in the first place for that matter. You know, you've got to make time for your relationship and if your version of taking care of your relationship happened to involve other people, then great. You know, you, <laughs> don't, you should feel guilty for, for enjoying a hobby that gives you the extracurricular activity that brings you joy but it's just I think uh, the difficulty is it invites judgment and provocation from others if you were to say oh well actually we're not going away for the weekend just you know me and him we're going away with four of us and that's just how we want to you know spend our time rekindling our relationships I can't relax with less than 12 people now (laughs) (laughs) Oh, imagine just spending time with me, eh? I know. All on your oh, own. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing to talk about. <laughs> What's your next question, wife? 
Uh, my next question. Uh, okay, so we've talked a bit about you know children and you know how much how much time we have to devote to all of that. But what about friends? You know, so Ooh. this is actually quite a big one because when you think about life before ethical non-monogamy, because everyone had presumably you know a relationship of sorts that wasn't invested in playing with others. Okay, and and in that world, we all had friend groups that had nothing to do with this this lifestyle. And actually, at one point, we all really, really enjoyed that friend, that friendship with those people. And then all this came along and this lifestyle came along. And I suddenly realized that, wow, this is a new level of fun. And now I really struggle to go back into a world of spending time with people that actually we're not on the same page anymore. And I don't know if that's me, if that's just me moving on with wanting to do different things in my life or if I've changed fundamentally as a person or if I'm just being selfish. And or were your friends shit in the first no, place? of course they weren't. <laughs> wow. They weren't shit. And this is the, the Some thing. of them were a bit shit. They, they haven't changed. I have. You know, that's, that's the, the difficulty. And is it possible to navigate both? Or do I have to accept that actually some of my friendships aren't just can't coexist with my life now because we just don't have enough in common or because I just don't make the time for them anymore because I'm having too much fun with my new life. This is very much, this is very, very much where the guilt does come in for me, I'd say more so than the parenting side. And it is to do with the friendships. And as you say, I know of a couple of friends who have been sort of chasing me for ages, trying to sort of have a a catch up week and week because obviously we're all working, uh, we're all parents. And therefore sort of trying to pin each other down, not like that, um, (laughs) for sort of friendship time. Maybe if it was that, I'd see them more. No, Um, (laughs) anyway, I digress. But um, yeah, I think that's the issue I now have is that I want to see my friends, but I know I'm going to have even more fun with my lifestyle friends, as it were, Mm. to say that. Can I actually say, Secret Victions actually just received a text message from one of those friends. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, and the thing is, I love my friends dearly. I really, truly do. But I just now do find that on sort of nights out with them, I sort of, I find myself clock watching a little bit more because if the conversation does tend to sort of now go to areas that I'm not as interested in. Um, you don't, I don't like talking about how they trying something new at the gym or no I don't I my cardio comes from a very different area now (laughs) but but it is it's things like that I I don't know it just I've said this before and I sometimes feel like when you're talking to sort of your non-lifestyle friends vanilla if you want to use that term is that it's very filtered it's very filtered conversation whereas when we sort of do lifestyle or if we're in a club and we're meeting like complete strangers for the first time we will have a far more open conversation now with those people because there's literally nothing to filter we can sort of talk honestly openly i was about to say this exact this exact thing we were at a club only a couple of weeks ago and had a wonderful um hot wife club experience and we met a wonderful couple. We told them on the podcast. So if you're out there listening, hello. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had such a wonderful, open and honest conversation with them. And we had literally just met them. Yeah. But because you're in that un- unfiltered situation, there's no ceiling to where that conversation can go. Whereas when we're out with vanilla friends, you have to keep a lid on things. And it makes it more difficult, not makes it more difficult, 
it just it limits what you can do, what you can talk about. And when it when the lifestyle becomes such a massive part of your life, and then suddenly you're not allowed to talk about it, mm-hmm. it yeah it leaves you a little bit short. Mm. It has been interesting in that there's been some friends who have been quite supportive and kind of will will ask questions or or want to know or want the gossip or or, or will will kind of be great for you. You don't need to tell me about it. And then you've got friends who really don't want to know. And I think it's the ones that are really objectionable to the whole thing where we found they've just sort of faded out of our lives. And I feel, I feel an incredible amount of guilt for not catching up with those folks. But at the same point, I know I'm not particularly wanted either Mm. because of Mm. what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm not going to change that for the sake of people that I've met and become friends with. But at the same point, I do feel bad that I've not had, I've not kept up those friendships and I've not tried to circumnavigate it as much because the reactions were so strong that it was really clear that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't worth maintaining the friendship. And, you know, it does go two ways and I've not heard from them either. So there is a, mm-hmm. there is an interesting take on it, but I think it, it's, it's a really fascinating one in, in that depending on how they react, I think will will vary on how much value you get out of them. And often you know, the people that we've chatted to and that have been supportive or interested have remained on the scene, certainly a lot longer. And I know Mrs. H has friends that, that know about this and talk yeah. about it. And some of them even appeared on the show. And likewise, you know, with, with my sister, for example, who knows about all of this stuff, she's been on the show, you know, wants to gossip about it. And as not as a result, cause she is my sister and she's family, but we have continued to remain as close as we ever have done because we've, been able to talk openly about some of this stuff. Mm. And that's the thing, fundamentally with the same people, it's just our lives move in different circles, I think. And some people want to accept that and some people still want you in their life in some capacity. Others may not even know. And I think that's probably one of the hard things. So, you know, Vixen, I'm not sure if the friends that you're referring to potentially might not even know about what you do outside of your she does bad stuff. Right. She does bad and, things. You know, would that would that would that test the friendships if you were to sit down and explain why mm. you haven't been able to devote as much time, but you would like to rekindle friendships, blah blah blah. But also, this is something that actually you you may want to know about me. And does that change our friendship? I don't know. It's it's no, a difficult it's, one. It is, and I do know, um, sort of hand and heart, that a few of my friends who are I still would say because people might listen and they go well they're not very close friends but they are still some of my closest friends that I know that I am not they perhaps aren't in a point in their relationships to hear me say sort of what I do in my spare time and um, whereas I have got other friends who I I have sort of been able to tell a little bit um, and they're really excited for me and that's lovely but no the truth is that I know I do have a number of friends who I just at this moment in time wouldn't be able to sort of tell them about my extracurricular activities because they just they it, they wouldn't be able to sort of fathom reasons why for example maybe in the future when they're sort of in different points in their relationships lots of them are sort of quite in early relationships still so they therefore very much in that I've only got eyes for one person uh sort of approach so I was going to say does that does that mean would that change the friendship then? So because you you probably won't have much to talk about in a way, because if someone said to you, oh, what have you been up to? And you actually have nothing to say because all of your stuff that you've been up to really relates to a life they don't know about. That's mm. incredibly difficult. 
And it does, is, that, does then, that change your perception of that friendship because you don't have the same in common anymore? I don't think so. I mean, I have had conversations with like um, a couple of the friends who are springing to my mind before we've had the sort of conversation sort of about sex and relationships and things. And we just started discussing threesomes and straight away, a couple of the friends were like, oh no, no, I don't know how, how, you, do how that? you do that. That's <laughs> cheating. Da, da, da. And I was like, okay. So I sort of have tested the waters. And the truth is that yes, obviously um, we are off having these wonderful times with friends, et cetera, but it's not all about the sex. So therefore I can still talk to my friends and said, oh yeah, no, last weekend I was in X, Y, or Z sort of uh, visiting the area. They don't need to know the true ins and outs because that wasn't the whole reason that we were there. So Mm -hmm. I can still talk to them about the incredible meal we had or the fantastic bar that we visited. So it doesn't limit my conversation. I just have to censor myself a little bit to make sure I don't sort of say something a bit sort of tongue in cheek that normally in an unfiltered conversation I would just say but obviously with some friends I have to suddenly go oh no don't make that comment that that won't they're not gonna like that well (laughs) and how did you meet these friends and then I snogged the barman oh Oh my god that's when we go into elaborate oh well yeah um friends from university days but then it brings back these lies doesn't it and telling the lies yeah so I do try to avoid those sorts of questions when they do talk about friends because the truth is I if my friends say, oh, I'm out with, uh, we went out with this friend. I don't suddenly go, right, where did you meet them? How do you know them? How long have you been friendship? I don't need to know the ins and outs. I just take it on. Oh, they've got, they've got friends other than me. <gasps> I can share. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the friend thing, I think you're right, can be more difficult in a way to navigate than the, the, the children thing because mm. I think the children thing is an unconditional thing. You, you are the parent. You have no choice but to the parent really ultimately unless you give them away whereas your friends they they come and go anyway you know you you choose to be friends you choose to you know have these these people in your life and they choose to have you in their lives so and you know at any point they can kind of ebb and flow depending on how much you know you 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 want to see each other and and I guess the question for me would be you know you've talked openly about how you've got friends getting in contact with you saying hey make some time for me you know, and the reality is when you do eventually make that time for them, will you resent that because you could be doing something else? Or do you think it will be, you'll be glad that you've kind of gone back to that and rekindled it? I think I always will be happy to sort of go back and say rekindle the friendships. Um, there will, of course, be a little bit of me that's probably going, oh, I could have been <laughs> out with that person right now. Um, but yeah, it, it is just difficult. And the thing is, I know that through the relationships that we have met since being in the lifestyle, like I know that we have made some friends for life. Um, and yes, I have still got my friends outside of it um, who I do still consider to be a friend for life. It's just, it now just becomes a little bit harder to, to actually find time to see them. Yeah. Um, and again, part of that is often childcare because <laughs> if we almost feel like we're using up our bank of childcare to do one, then to suddenly go, oh, actually <clears throat> we need to see this friend. Can I have more? Ch-? That's where it becomes really mm. tricky. And I know that as my children get older, that will become easier when my children don't need the childcare. That mm. side, sorry, yeah, no, got his hand up. And my hand up, I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> I had a terrible thought about your funeral then. Oh, what? Years to come oh, now when you're... 
when you when you, when you finally leave this mortal coil, it's many mortal many years from now, and all of these people suddenly get together, and they're like, "Oh, so how did you know her?" Oh, we went to uni. Oh my goodness! Oh, how did you know we worked together? He how genuinely did, has had. How this did you know her? This huge stream of men. I was number <laughs> eight in the uh, forty-two man gangbang. <laughs> He's actually, he's actually said that um, he would like the uh, like the pallbearers to be people yes. from the lifestyle. That would be wonderful. Oh How funny would that God. be? That'd be great. This is the conversations we have. That would be great. I would love that. Of so course funny. you would. Oh, I would love that. Intrusive. Um, but no, in a serious note, yeah. you know, I've got a, a, a big birthday coming up uh, in this year and... I would love to have a huge party, you know, I love and have all of my friends there from all different walks of life. But part of me is like, I, could, I can't do that because the, there'll be no way to explain <laughs> it all away. So I end up having, you have to end up compartmentalizing these things. I'll have this party for these people and, and this party for uh-huh. these people and this party for family because yeah, you'd it would be fun though in a bar because you'd have everyone would naturally go into their groups and you'd be like, so they're the that's the work friends, oh, the, the uni the, friends, and the sex they're people the will be at friends. it. <laughs> All kissing Why in the corner. People having sex over there by the bar. It'd be, I'd be like, <laughs> it would be like Book of Mormon for me. Have I told you about this great book that you can join? <laughs> <inside> <laughs> <of all>? Excellent. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's, so, do you know it's difficult not to be evangelical sometimes about this life because. You know, I've said the same to Mr. H in the past, like, and it really hit me when, when my mum died and the outpouring of support and, you know, the, the wonderful gestures of love from people I received overwhelmingly came from the, you know, the E&M side of our friends. It it was... You know m and I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was, it was unequivocally supportive from that that group of people and the you know the conversely the the friends that got in touch with me from you know a previous life maybe not so much which which um really kind of surprised me but didn't surprise me sadly and it it really brought it home to me that I really really have made some friends for life which I truly hope stay friends for life and I think they will because They've they've been there through thick and thick and thin for me, which is lovely. What were you going to say? I, I wasn't I wasn't going to say. <laughs> I, I I think it all goes back to me to that investment in in relationships, and I think sometimes you sometimes you have to know when you step away when to step away from things, and sometimes you 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 just have to know when you can put the effort. And some people require a lot less. And we've got lifestyle friends that we don't see every every other week. Um, that we'll only see once every six months. In fact, we've got friends, really good friends, that we've only seen once or twice in in the total friendship. Yet we still talk to digitally every now and then. And it's all about just how much you're prepared to put in and to to get out, and also how forgiving people are as well of of not being able to see them the whole time. I think that that yeah. plays a huge part of it. Oh, I agree. So we've covered we covered off the, the kids and the the parents and the friends now. So, we haven't done the animals. We haven't done the animals yet. Oh, well, that is uh, another ball game. <laughs> entirely. And I feel <laughs> Mrs. H feels terribly guilty leaving, I feel leaving her animals. Awful. Like, you know, 
guilt factor is amplified considerably when it comes to leaving pets. Because <laughs> they Actually, don't they understand. judge us the most. The they pets do. judge us the most. They do. Oh my God, pets are judgy, aren't they? But if you think for a moment that all of our pets have not benefited benefited from our lifestyle friends, literally this true. weekend people visited us. Oh, this is true. And gave our pets treats. Yeah. They literally bought treats just for the pets. The pets get presents. So uh, you Spoiled. can't... And, Yoko had a ball thrown for her every two minutes. She had lots of people. There was lots of food being dropped, probably on purpose for her, uh-huh. but I can't, can neither confirm nor deny. So they yeah. do... They benefit. They do benefit. Well, Yoko's the most famous dog around now. <laughs> pets for benefits. Been on TV. Yeah. Been on TV, mate. Yeah, mind you, pets have seen some shit. They, they oh, really, really they have. have. They're, they're like Stuart Griffin and Family Car. They're like, I've seen some shit, man. Well, this is... <laughs> Rocking in this is why our This is why our dog is afraid of new people. <laughs> because of her she's seen some things and it forever is in her mind now so whenever whenever someone new comes to repair something in the house she's just terribly suspicious oh immediately oh my god I'm going to see more than that now okay I'm oh my god. going to go dig a hole in the garden get him to write a blog oh it'd be great oh stop it stop it I'm Dog so blog. sorry Mrs H you had an actual question and I derailed you Probably. terribly I'm used Maybe. to derailed by you um, okay. Let's see. Hang on. That means two things. <laughs> was it not just about pets? No, it wasn't about pets. Um, I was actually going to say, do we, do our collective brains here have any advice, um, any, any ways of combating some of these, these feelings that we all share from time to time in varying you know, levels of intensity? Normally, the advice you'd say is to talk to, you know, talk to your mm. partner, be honest with your feelings. But honestly, it's just not, an option for some people mm-hmm. talk about childcare and things like that talk about being with children honesty is sort of off the table in a sense so i don't quite know what advice to give in terms of that i think it comes back to what miss rachel was saying though about the fact that actually we are all entitled to sort of take time for ourselves and i think if you are feeling the guilt you've got to remember that actually you deserve to have some me time and if that is choosing to do it this way you, we don't sadly know how long we are, are going to be on this planet Absolutely. I mean you just cannot take life for granted and you just can't miss you can't waste opportunities so I think yeah you've got to sort of acknowledge that maybe you are being a little bit selfish but actually the benefits are far broader like by you taking that time to be with your partner and go off and have an adventure um, it does have benefits on mm. sort of your wider circles. Yeah, I and agree your children, been, and your children, if they're going to somewhere like family members where they're building those relationships themselves, that's a beneficial thing for them, mm-hmm. you know, and a beneficial thing for you, for the grandparents too. Yeah, I think there's there's also remembering that kids, if they can, will will always try and push their luck, and they <laughs> they will make you try and feel guilty and make you try and feel bad because. Just by their very nature, they want your attention. They want that time. They want. So if you're doing something exciting to them, you know, they, they don't really care what it is to a certain extent. They just know that you're excited to be doing it and they therefore want in on it. It's like it when when they see you drinking alcohol and they're like, oh, you've got that. I want that or really nice chocolates or whatever it might be. And kids always tend to push the luck. So you've got to remember that. You could be the world's best parent. You could see them and tuck them into bed every night. You could do nothing wrong, you know, as as far as the book goes, if there is such a book. But they would still ask for more because they're kids and mm. they're always going to try and 
try and do that. I don't mean that in a particularly negative way. I'm not saying like the kids are scrounging horrible little buggers all the time. No, but kids always but, want what you've got. Yeah, they do. Even of course if it's they do. dinner. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want my dinner. I want your dinner. Exactly. So <laughs> you, do, you do have to keep that in mind and try and it's really hard. And I know you struggled with mm, this yeah. very early on. To, you just try and have to recognise that they're just being kids and they don't mean anything by it, really. It's not going to, well, it shouldn't scar them for life. It's just them trying their luck. Mm. That's really important. But I, I think, you know, going back to what you're saying, that the other thing is to recognise that you've got, you've got to invest into yourself, into your relationships, and you get, you know, get out what you put in. And that goes for the relationship with your children as well. You know, it's all about balance there. I do, I do genuinely think that by investing that time into your relationship and each other and and yourself, you know, the who whoever it is that relies on you for, you know, for caring, whether it be children or or parents or or animals, they're going to get the best version of you, really, because you've you've invested in yourself and and made time to make sure that you are ready and focused and refreshed and you've got everything ready to go and. You know, if you have a weekend away and you feel great, then awesome. Because when you come back and you, you're reunited, it's like, why I'm back here as welcome. Here, off we go. And I feel like I can devote all my time to you again now because I've had a break and I feel great. Whereas if you're running on empty and constantly just irritable and tired and fed up because you haven't had any time to yourself, then you're not really bringing your best version of parents to the table anyway, are you? So you're saying it's a bit like, but not exactly like reconnection sex, but with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> now that coughing thing yes. is brought on by you. Can, yes. Yeah. Nice you made me cough then. <laughs> Shame on you, Mr. <laughs> it's the same principle, isn't it, though? It's like you've been away, you've had a you good time. With and you're coming back. It's fine. Yeah. On some level, yes, but <laughs> terrible analogy. <laughs> I think I'm simply saying. Just look after yourself and then you're able to look after people more effectively. Yeah, be aren't kind you? to yourself. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. And you're entitled to have a happy life as well as the kids that you're looking after. You really Definitely. are. Nothing wrong with that. And you have to be a bit selfish sometimes. Well, on that note, yeah. <laughs> shall we start wrapping up, dear? Yeah. Oh, excellent. So I want to say a huge thank you to Secret Stag and Secret Vixen for coming along and joining us today been lovely to see your lovely faces and even better to hear your voices for thank those you for being so open and honest about everything yeah thank and you it's it's really important conversations to have i think well we uh, we love coming on the show thank you for yeah, having us it's always an honor to be Absolutely. invited particularly you know not about something a bit more serious and something a bit more 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 pertinent to the wider community as well you know it's all Definitely. it's all well and good coming and talking about amazing sexual adventures but it's it's important to remember that you know it there are there are ups and downs to all sides of there things. are different things to have to sort of negotiate and things absolutely so thank you for letting us come and talk about that you are welcome talking of sexy adventures and ups and downs God. now just today <laughs> today that we recorded this secret stag released a new blog ah about I ups did. and downs eh? you did a thing you did a th- i did release a thing i did hey. yes thank you so what, do you want to tell us a little, give us, give us a trailer about what yes, it's about I and where you. to find Come it? On. You know, give us a bit of a tease. Oh, thank you so much. So uh, Secret Vixen had one of her sexy adventures with the wonderful Ashley Del Toro. And she wrote her side of the account, which happened at the amazing 
uh, one of the amazing bedhopper events was. that we went to. And he surprised us there. And not to give everything away, but we had a wonderful time at the social and then had a very wonderful time back at the hotel room. And this talks about my feelings about that and what I saw. And it's a two-parter. So the first part is out uh, right now. You can go to secretvixen.blog and have a look at that. Uh, and the next part's coming out hopefully in a couple of weeks' time. And yes, indeed. When we go to the blog, do we have to click on a secret stag button or something? Oh, you do. Yes, it's a yes. It's, it's very much advertised as the Secret Vixen blog. And in the corner, you can click on the link, and it's a little sad little secret stag <laughs> sublink. And you can go there to the I secret stag. Very page. hard on that sublink. Thank you very much. A sad stag. A sad little stag. I'm not. I was <laughs> not. Sad secret stag. I was sublink. not a sad stag this time. It was very fun. <laughs> And and when do we think the second part might hit? Do we need to wait six months? Is it going to be soon? No, that is already written. I've already, already written, written it. I did uh, it. it. But we, we don't want to be too generous. We can't just be worried. No, because it means you've got to write the next one. <laughs> this is, this is the whole point. So I should buy myself. But no, we're looking probably maybe two weeks time. Two weeks we time. will release that one. We don't want to get people overexcited and release so it. So at the end of this, week. at the end of April, April the yeah. second part's coming out. Think of it as a blog refractory period. <laughs> Precisely. Before you go again. Yes. Well, that's, yeah. that's a delight. Well, I, oh, I, thank you for the plug. You're very, very mm. welcome. I, I recommend... Not that kind of plug, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of you had to say it. I knew one of you was going to think of it. I wasn't going to say anything at all. I was just going to shout with the plug and say, he'd, he said, thank you for the plug. And and it would have been a thing and, and you know, we'd have had to do some Hello, stuff. Hello, dear. Get nowhere. I know. I know. I'm just digging myself <laughs> deeper. Again and again. Oh, God. Oh, stop it. <laughs> so, folks, absolutely do do go check out the blog. It's really fantastic. And if you're thinking about the old hot whiffery and uh, stag and vixen scenario stuff, it's a great intro to that and gives you some real good insights. Or if you just like naughty stories, go and read it as well. It's good for that too. So thank you, <laughs> folks, for joining us. We'll see you very soon, I'm sure. Mrs. H, do you want to do your thing? Do. Well, thank you for hopping into our bed. Bonus bit, Secret Stag's going to tell us a joke. Oh my God, is oh, yeah. he? Yes. Hey, did you know about this? No, but I've got one ready. You just sat up like you, like, yes, I've been working. No, because like he's always the ready. No, he's always ready, isn't he? I thought these bastards are going to say, ask a joke. <laughs> you tell a joke at the end. <laughs> so I've been trying to give good advice whilst thinking of a joke. Um, oh, and okay. in the process of saying the, of this sentence, the You've joke has gone. the joke. No, it's back. <laughs> um, why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> no, but I, it's like the sound of chicken. And you wonder why I go off and seek adventures elsewhere. I, I <laughs> that's what I have to come back to. I'm fairly sure you saw that on a TikTok because I, I saw it as well. Hilariously, we we this this joke I've heard before, and we both saw it on the same TikTok yeah, on the same day, did. and both told oh, each other that we had a it. joke. And it was the same the joke. The same joke. <laughs> the same joke. Well, have you got a joke then, Secret Vixen? No, I don't have a joke. You don't have a joke? No. We'll do it. No, I really, I don't, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just scorn at other people's jokes. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, all Maybe right. I am the joke.
You are the joke. Maybe I am. Nah. Uh, <laughs> you're more of the punching line than the punchline itself. I'll take it. I had heard that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. 